Welcome, Mike. Don't throw your hands up. We'll get to your topics when we get to them. More of your, uh, more of the anonymous people have questions. <laughs> no, this one could be fun. Well, yeah. I thought I thought we'd pick back up talking about your YouTube channel yeah, and yeah. kind of progress on that because yeah. you basically what you did is you know last last week we were talking about how you have this huge following on on your YouTube channel. Most of it came through shorts. Most of it came through content that was. <laughs> you, it's not clickbait, but it was like such a good title. Because it's what we talked about, I was really impressed. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Why you start laughing so much? It was just funny. Was like, like when I when I got the notification that big content was live, I was like, "Wow, that's a powerful title," and it was funny. It's powerful titles only. It feels clickbaity, but it was genuinely like the conversation. Like that's Stephen Adams of titles. Yeah, it was yeah. just powerful. You don't want to fuck with it. Exactly. So we didn't really know where we left off, and one of your one of your plans was to throw up the same video on the one channel that you built a bit big following in, but probably the f- following in the wrong way and then make a dummy channel and throw the same video up and see how it performed. Now there were, uh, when you do an AB test, you should keep the variables the same. <laughs> That's for, you know, you learn it's future reference. So basically you put out the video on your normal snapback channel that yeah. had 600,000 plus subscribers. Didn't promote it at all. No, we do. You promoted that we, one as we well. We always promote it. Yeah, okay. yeah, Promoted that one. Then you put it out on a dummy channel. And then what was the promotion for that specifically? Just on my personal snap. So not snapback. Not snapback. What's, you, what's your personal snap? My personal snapchat has 180K subs and it does 15,000 average views per story. So okay. just one post. Like so you're advertising in random spots. I think yeah. we'll put the analytics up on the screen. But there were some pretty staggering differences. The first one that obviously stood out was the click-through rate. Yeah. And that is just the percentage of people that when they see it, they click on the video. And that's like what you're looking for. for I mean, listen, at, at the end of the day, a YouTube video, or the reason that people click on a YouTube video is literally one of two things, the title or a thumbnail. So mm-hmm. if those two things are good, if your click-through rate is really low, it's because one of those two things is not good. Um, so the dummy account had a click-through rate of, when you sent me the picture, Meta went down by now, yeah. but over 20%, which is an abnormally high click-through rate for yeah. YouTube. That, that I think I, I give to the fact that it's just a new channel. So n- normally I think YouTube channels typically settle in between like 4 and 7%, I think is kind of normal. If you go above like 7.5%, that's a good click-through rate. It'll yeah. go down. Like a lot of times we'll shoot off a video that I know is going to be popular, and right. it'll have like a 12%, 13% for first 24 hours, drop down, eventually yeah. land at like, you know, 8 9% um, on a good one. So 20% is crazy. Expect it to go down. But that also might speak to the fact that like, okay, it's a new channel, mm-hmm. and you put out a really good piece of content as yeah. your first video. Maybe it is high. You also promoted it through Snapchat, and the first thing I said to you, or one of the first things was like, maybe because it was just direct clicks from Snapchat to YouTube that abnormally inflates the click-through mm-hmm. rate. And I'm not sure what that is. Like, because YouTube didn't actually serve the video to anyone, it won't count against the click-through rate, but maybe they're just seeing an influx of 100 people from Snapchat all without having the denominator go up of how many people they showed it to. Regardless, though, the numbers, like, looked good for the first, you know, video on a dummy account mm. compared to what it should have been probably on a channel with, you know, 600,000 subscribers. Yeah. So I guess, like, your takeaway, does, does that make you think differently than where you were at a week ago? Does that make you lean towards one of the other decisions that you were thinking about? Yeah. So we've we've got actually a couple conversations today, one directly with YouTube. Not sure who at YouTube, what team they're on specifically. So how'd you pull that? Networking. Just like a is it like a specific focus conversation or is it just like let's connect, I'm a YouTuber? I don't know. I actually don't know. That it's kinda scary. Why? I just feel like you want you're talking a big YouTube. You, know? you never know where that conversation is. <laughs> I was actually at uh I'm kill you. I, um, so, you tell them that you made a dummy account and posting the same video multiple times. Like, problematic. That might trouble. be why they reached out to you. We know what you're up to. <laughs> no, so, all right. So, this is what we kind of breezed through the analytics over the past week and, and compared and contrast. And I think you would have to give the dummy account a little more time. It didn't get a view for the first, I think it was like three hours. On the dummy account. So deflating. <laughs> then I posted on Snap. So so that's why I believe it started getting fed into some form mm-hmm. of an algorithm. Once again, the click-through rate is kind of unclear. The content on the main channel had a 5%, 5-point-something percent, and a 5-minute average view duration, which were our highest 
since we've started the channel. It was also our best content. Mm -hmm. So then we started looking at like where this traffic's coming from. And, you know, what we took away from it is the majority on both channels are direct. And that that's the same across our gaming channel, which is getting like 15% click-through rate. And our React channel, which is getting like 12% click-through rate. Like the viewership is direct from promoting from other places. But what we saw was like we did get the highest viewership since we've posted on that channel from the subscriptions feed, right? Mm -hmm. So so the thought process is kind of like, all right, we can continue testing on this dummy account, but we really do think that it's like both are essentially new channels. So if we get 200 extra views from the old channel, then maybe it's better. Now, obviously, it will. It could kill click-through rate. It could kill average view duration because it's sending it to the wrong people. But... I do believe that there's a chance that YouTube will find the right people over time. Like, if you give it enough time, they'll see, okay, we should actually just feed all this long-form content to this subset of people that is watching and match that type of people and avoid the shorts people. And and so that's kind of the feeling. We also talked to a YouTube consultant who we might work with. He's $6,000 a month. Uh, yeah, expensive. But has grown channels across every niche. And I think that, you know, you can, it's funny. I I think of your draft guide when we're going through this process where you're like, everything that is in the draft guide I've talked about in completely free to consume content. But when you package it together and almost give a hands-on approach and one-to-one, that's why people are willing to pay. So we know how to make a good YouTube channel, but his creativity, like creative brainstorms, hands-on, working with our thumbnail editor, like all that type of stuff, if he can kind of just lead us in the right direction, plus he'll also be able to be like, all right, let's A-B test. Should we just start a brand new account? And so instead of waiting essentially a year to get to a place where we have all these answers, maybe he speeds up the process and now we've got it figured out in six months. And, and by the middle of football season, where they're on the new channel cooking or where, you know, that channel has kind of made, made a leap. So we've done those conversations. We've done a little bit of testing, a little bit of studying. Um, I also will continue to say like the Kentucky Derby piece was the first good piece of content that I'm like genuinely, I think more people than 1.7 K should have seen this. The rest I'm like, all right, I don't think that we necessarily deserve that. And then I think, in the past, we've been lazy with video. Not lazy, just we know what we have to do to make it work, and we just haven't done it all. And that's another thing why I always say, like, sometimes I think buying the camera and making that investment forces you to do it. And so if we invest $36,000 over the next six months, like, we won't slack off and be lazy and not get a clip that we think is going to work, and we won't skip a planning meeting. So if that's what needs to be done, then maybe that's what needs to be done. There's a lot there, so pick Did your you, spot. <laughs> many spots. Did you alternate the titles or keep them the same? Uh, slight alteration on the titles. Um, we've changed up the thumb on the main channel. And this was, you know, I've now, I've consumed Colin and Samir pods and then kind of like suggested videos and Mr. Beast being a YouTube genius for 10 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. it actually is insane how much free, in, insanely good content there is yep. out there. So, like, I thought our thumb for the video was really good. And then after two days, Casey and I were, like, on mobile, which is a much smaller platform, it's really not that good. So we changed that. So, yeah, we did A-B test, slight different differentiations on the title and the thumb. And I'm not sure. Same same exact video, though. Okay. Um, Yeah, I I think you should definitely continue putting it out on both channels, obviously, and almost – look at the graph relative to each other of yeah. how they're performing, right? Like you're putting them next to each other and say like, if, if, if they're both just going like this, then there might just not be a difference. Right. But if you start to see the dummy have the correlation line where it's going up For and this sure. one's kind of like staying, yeah. that might be an indicator. But obviously yeah. you can't really look at that correlation line until you've put out enough data to YouTube to kind of see like how it's going to push it. Yeah. So it's an interesting spot. The, the YouTube consultant, where did, where did you find him? I found him through a YouTube video. I might, yeah. I just want to say, yeah, yeah. Right, how big is his channel? 7K. 7K. Yeah. Okay. And and he's grown. I think I saw it at 2K originally. I just want to, I just want to like take that in right there. I yeah. just want to pause for a second because I've been on this, on this, in this seat before and said like I was basically full time 
by the time I had 5,000 subs. Yeah. My, some people might look at that and be like, that's bullshit. This is a perfect example of that. This guy started making videos. How many videos of his did you watch? Two? Three? Yeah. Two. Okay. Two, three. That is the power of content. This dude gets on there, gives you value for 20, 30 minutes, and you're like, man, this is a spot in my life where I need this exact help, which he's very niche down on, and you're now thinking about investing $6,000 a month. He, If he was working at a job for 50K or whatever, yeah. he is just supplement, and he's probably got three, four, five, six clients. The dude might be making a half a million dollars a year mm -hmm. off of seven. He's got a team of nine. Thousand, it's like a full operation. 7,000 YouTube subs. Yeah. That is the power of building an actual high quality audience because you only need to land a few high quality people as customers, right? Different games, different niches, different whatever the case may mm -hmm. be. I would almost say like, okay, if I, right now, the way like the fantasy industry works is most of the products that you sell are low priced, high quantity, right? That's how we make most of our money. If I wanted to pivot into doing what he did, for other brands within the space, mm -hmm. I wonder how many people I can work with on a consulting basis sure. where I said, hey, you guys, you have a blog, you have a YouTube channel, you have a podcast, you have a business, you have a brand, you have an audience. Let me like up your content game for $3,000 a month. Mm -hmm. I do that with three brands or whatever, which I, th that guy, if he works with you, might spend five to 10 hours a week, maybe mm -hmm. helping you guys out. Right. Yeah. Like really he's not working full time for you guys and he's going to make a full time fucking living from for it. Basically sure. that stuff is just so it's so, 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 so powerful. If you're in the right niche or you know how to frame yourself, like look, think about how much money I can make doing what I just said and think about how niche that is. I'm going to help brands within the fantasy football space yeah. create bigger or better audiences within this niche. I'm not going to do it because I don't really care about doing that right now, but I'm yeah. just saying like it can be, easily done. I think that's such a good example right there of you could build a small audience and you don't have to be viral. You don't have it's to have the right audience. Exactly. It's the right audience. That's how I always talk about podcasts too. That's why I don't necessarily curate this for viewership, right? It's great when we get more viewership, but if we impact 300 I feel like creators. our small ass community is actually strong. Like right. the amount of like weekly comments that we get where like this is actually super helpful. Like yeah. I love this yeah. podcast. I'm like that feels good having 5 10 people say that cuz I just know we just continue doing that over a long period of time and that 5 will turn into 10, the 10 right. to 100, the 100 to 1000. And it, and if you're creating a podcast where you're just trying to monetize off of RPMs, then it you do have to scale. You mm -hmm. do have to reach a larger audience. But if 300 marketers uh, creators, uh, you know, the, the head of influencer at CAA and, uh, you know, influencer marketing at the NFL, listen to this and, and learn how we think about, right. Then we could consult for them. If a creator, I've talked about this before, but if a creator finds value in what we're doing and becomes a successful creator because of it, and then we work together in the future, you have no clue what they could drive. So, uh, yeah, those high ticket customers, high value customers, it's just it's insane how quickly you could build trust with an audience member by putting out high quality content. Yeah. Within two videos. You got to do the work too, but yeah. Of yes, course. But the that, content I mean, the work, helps the show work, the work. Yeah. Right. The work is the fact that you yeah. put out that high quality. And there, dude, there are also tons of people. You might work with this guy, you know, believe yeah. it or not. You might work with him and be like, you yeah. know, th that's on you to make sure you vet it correctly and be For like, sure. give me your reference. I, I would actually like suggest that you get references from yeah, them and yeah. call their YouTubers that he's worked with yeah. before you spend that type of money. But that's, you know, you, you go through that due diligence. There are people out there that will get you in to pay 2000 3000 $4,000 a month and not deliver on it, mm -hmm. but they put out high quality content. So it makes you feel like the loyalty is there. You make it feel like, Oh, this guy is his time is worth it. Right. Because yeah. everybody wants a piece of him now. So I'm paying to get that one-on-one -on -one action. I think it's just, I think it's just kind of cool. So it is uh, speaking on high ticket events. We have our draft weekend coming up. This upcoming summer, we had our first meeting for it last week, and we are basically, uh, for those of you guys that don't know, every summer we have, we rent out an Airbnb and we have 11 of our subscribers come out to New York City where we hang out for the weekend. We have a, a live fantasy draft on like Friday and then we, you know, hang out all Saturday. They leave on Sunday and it's this year. Uh, we raised price a little bit. It's $2,000 per person, which does not include getting to New York City, but that includes like the buy-in for the Fantasy League, which is $250. And then the Airbnb is extremely expensive for the weekend. This one that we have for this upcoming one is the same one we used two years ago. We got it back, which is an awesome place, but it's yeah. way more expensive. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like 8000 for the entire weekend. Yeah. Um, and then there's obviously like, it's all inclusive once they get to the Airbnb. Yeah. So going out to bars, just the food in the place, the food out of the place, whatever we have in the uh, whatever. So 
we're I'm I'm starting to think of how do we take it up a level? When I first started this, I'm just I want people to come out to New York and like experience it the way that I experience mm-hmm. it, which I've always just like truly enjoyed the city. So I'm like I I want you to see it from the way the angle the lens that I do. And now I'm like, okay, these people are paying a lot of money. I want to give them an experience that is native, but also more curated and thoughtful and uh, more, you know, one-on-one. And some of the ideas that I'm thinking of, like the way it usually works, Friday we come in, I'm going to bring him into the office. We'll do our draft from here. Friday night, it's my birthday that weekend. We have a party at the Airbnb where I invite, you know, friends, family, whatever. Saturday last year, we like, we played basketball together. We went out to brunch. We hung out at the park. We came back. We went out to like a rooftop Saturday night. I would like to add in things that I think are valuable to them. And I'll have, once we lock down the 11 people, we'll, we'll send out a survey, but I was thinking like, it'd be cool to have people like you come through on like the Saturday, not for like the party. Like you can obviously come to that. Maybe I'll invite you, but like Saturday to come hang out and like talk to them, you know, I don't know what they want to hear. Is it about like your come up in, in the space? Is it more about like, if you and me just do like a football Q and a or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know? And if, if we fly out, Get, do we invest in like an athlete or something? Do we pay them like an appearance fee to come hang out with us? Mm-hmm. Do we, do I get Brett to come out from like California? Cause I'm sure a lot of my audience likes him, like yeah. pay for the flight, put him up or whatever. Well, I'm thinking what does the audience best. want? That, I mean, like, I have to wait, but I'm, I'm starting to think of these ideas. Like, are they want to be creators and, and they think this is an investment into their brand? Are they just, they want to have a fun weekend and it's like a mini bachelor party for them. Like, I think that yeah. kind of depends. And how many people are, are will be out 12? So it'll be like, I'm one of the 12 in the league yeah. and then 11 people coming from different parts of the country. So yeah, most of them, it'll be different person by person too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I think it's a good idea and, and you want to, you kind of want to offer, it's how we're thinking about our MLB tour event as well as like, all right, we're getting you a ticket to the game. We're getting you a hat, a pin. But, like, we're going to – because we have extra access, right, mm-hmm. exclusive access, and we work with the MLB, what is the MLB going to do that's going to give you the kind of that heightened experience? So I think that's it's the right thought process. Yeah. But it's tough. you got to figure out what uh, what the crowd is like and what you want them to consume. Yeah, I don't – I they're definitely – I think, like, one or two of them – likes content creation they're definitely not a group of content creators though they definitely come because they love football um they're mostly like the same demographic as us where same just like personality and stuff and definitely like to party for the weekend and you know draft the fantasy football league Mm -hmm. whatever and just hang out and have a good time so i'm I'm trying to think of like how to elevate the experience because the idea for the weekend came from a weekend i spent out in california (laughs) where i met my friend noah banks that we talked about last weekend where it was a bunch of creators like in a house together yeah but the person who organized it had a bunch of like very high level creators or CEOs or business people come in and like talk to us for an hour at a time. And I was like, that was so fucking valuable to like hear their stories and hear what they went through or hear whatever. I'm like, I want to figure out a way to take that and, and give it to these guys too. And them not being creators makes it a little bit difficult, but I do have access to the fantasy industry and these guys are fantasy players. So I'm thinking like, okay, yeah. Brett can come in. Maybe I grab someone else from the industry and come in and we have, we almost do like a 45 minute live podcast version where they can, you know, they can sit down with us or they could just like kind of Q and a the video with us throughout. Uh, We could do like different underdog streams throughout the weekend where they can hop in and make picks and things like that. So I'm just kind of thinking through. So if you think of any good ideas, let me, let me know. You've done a lot of live events. So it was like, yeah, no, I I think it pretty much comes down to who the audience is. And then you take it from there. Like if it's high stakes fantasy players, which $250 league doesn't seem like it necessarily is. Then I'd take them to like the sports book for the day and like DJ and baseball betting. Like there, it it really just kind of has to be tailored. So once you figure that out, let me know and uh, we can play together. But I think, like, the concept is interesting. Alex actually came up with, uh, I mean, he didn't come up with this concept, but something that I think underdogs should should highly consider. We haven't asked them or pitched it to them, but... If you, wanna, if you want me to run it by them, I can get it you, Yeah, there. you're the you're the guy. To, you've been getting budget cleared, so... Uh, no, but Alex was like, you know, they do the Super Bowl house in Arizona last year, and, and it's smart. It brings a bunch of content creators together. It, it builds... But what if they did like what if they just rented a house for the month of August and mm, it was like, like a summer creator house and no and it was like best ball mania for creator house and I yeah, was like pretty cool Alex idea. who 
tries to be our head of content all the time and I shut him down constantly because it's not his job. I was like, no, that's pretty much like that would smash in four million ways. It would make the creators that underdog kind of like puts together like the Super Bowl thing is cool, but I think that would be like that's a really cool idea. Yeah. And it's almost like if you live there for the month. And you wouldn't have to be there every day for the month. But it's just kind of like you never like if Brett's there for a week in middle of August and you're there, you guys start doing collaborations yeah. and stuff. So it's almost like if they had requirements where it's like, all right, you're going to be here. You have to do at least one stream yeah. a day while you're here. But and we it, don't and, give a fuck how you do it. And it turns into like three streams a day on their channel with like varying yeah. creators and varying. Yeah, that's a, that's actually and a people popping in. And I out, love it. Yeah. I just love the idea of bringing right. these types of people and, together. And I was someone who coming straight out of college, my dream was actually like going back to my parents' house and having 10 people like me just live in the basement and figure it the fuck out. Life, life. That's happens, it. That's right? the dream, bro. That really is. <laughs> life happens. And like these TikTok creator houses can work because these kids are 18, right? They don't work for us. Like I, I can't move. I can't just go play fantasy land quite literally in the middle of wherever in August for a month. But could I do it for a week? Could I do it for two weeks? Like for sure. Could I do it Monday through Friday all summer? Probably. Um, and then leave on the weekend. So I think they have enough creators that if they kind of gave everyone the facilities for it, that it could be a really interesting concept. And and I'm not even the one that's like a huge best ball, bro. You know, like the people who are like that, like you and, you know, everyone else besides me, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. It would be cool. I mean, it's yeah. wildly unique, and it also would offer the ability – with that many creators to just have content flowing at all times. Yeah. So it would almost like set up a channel where it's like the audience knows at any time I can hop on here and there's probably a group of creators right. streaming at one point and I can get my fantasy. Right. Picks. And like uh training camp happens. Is training camp in August? Yeah. Plus mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, like end of July. Right. Starts, yeah. And so or then preseason's August. Right. So like Once preseason happens, knowing that someone is going to be pretty much instant reacting to who got carries yeah. and who, you know, I, I think it's a I think it's a phenomenal idea. Yeah. And I can't imagine it's like as expensive as you Depends would think. Depends on the location. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't even really think it would need to be some insane location. Like it doesn't need to be the Miami house, you know, that we did for draft or the Arizona house that they had for Super Bowl. It could be anywhere down the beach for for a month. The beach would be cool. And then, are, I mean, those are all expensive. I, it would be expensive. And then you start doing cardio club on top. No, but but what do you think they paid? They asked for? me to do the cardio club, and I was like, honestly, I don't even. I I, I didn't like really remember the specifics of it, but I yeah. I just remember everyone on like treadmills and everyone on the yeah. stairmaster, and I was like, I don't have a gym membership yeah. right now. <laughs> and they're like, okay, and I was like, all right. <laughs> and then I saw all you guys just like walking on the street. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I could have yeah. been in this. No, it's just I I thought it's a really good idea, and and it's something that's just interesting because. Because how do you continue to bring value to creators who are pretty much bringing um, immense value? Now, we're getting compensated for it mm -hmm. on the other side. But these are the little things that, you know, when, when, when your deal is up and you're like, oh, who do I want to work with this year? Or who do I want to work with in a couple of years? It's like, that was so beneficial for my business. I learned so much from it. Like, mm -hmm. it's just the stuff you almost can't measure. Yeah. And I think... Um yeah, I mean that's that's so unique and so different, and yeah. I would I would look at it the same way for our like the NYC the draft weekend that we yeah. do is just like no one else does it, yeah. and that's what builds a brand or a community. I've been in meetings with other companies within the industry that are like, man, Underdog like really has this community. I'm like, yeah, they they yeah. like a, they're a, they're a brand, it's like a cult. They're, yeah, they, exactly. They're like <laughs> a brand. They're community. They're like, I can't believe people care about like the little pictures that they have in their avi, and I'm like, man, you don't. It's like, crazy. that's it. That's everything yeah. right there, yeah. you know? Like, that's the cool part about yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that's the missing element of this whole thing that we didn't talk about, which is it, it creates something that's aspirational. So if you're a creator getting to the place where you get invited there, and then if you're just a member being like, wow, that is so cool, and then you start doing behind-the-scenes content. It's like the documentation of it is cool. Exactly. Everything about it. Yeah. I want to make sure. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's really exciting. I actually want to... I kind of want like want to be on that call when you guys. We don't, we're, there's no like even plans. To no, no, no. I know, but I'm saying like we were. I think this is definitely something yeah. we should absolutely. I'll, I'll we could just like clip this last five yeah, minutes send and send it, it to, to Rudman. Them. Yeah, I bet you they would love it. <laughs> I'm sure they would. Yeah. Nick claims he listens to every episode, Fraud. so so we'll see. Nah, um, he's been too angry at us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have another fun topic. Yeah. How do you feel about a live negotiation on the podcast? 
right now with a company <laughs> or between each other um well we could we could role play um you could get dressed up i brought some props I'm you did I, we have suit jackets <laughs> over here on my <laughs> All right, so Nick is now suited and booted. He's all fitted up. So as I've previously aforementioned, we are having a conversation with Amazon Prime about doing our Snapback Monday concept on their schedule. So we sent him a deck, really pretty Ooh. deck. Alex Ooh. is like, that's the one thing he's good at. Alex is a deck guy? Yeah, yeah he's. Yeah. we don't have a deck guy. Alex will be like, hey, I'm coming into town. Um, like, would you want to get dinner? And then he's like, sends me the deck. About, like, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Appetizers. But, like, right, right. Here's, here's how I'm thinking about navigating the menu. <laughs> here's where we could go before. and here. But we, we put together this really nice deck. And essentially, what it covered was, you know, the vision – kind of hitting on like what they told us, what they want to accomplish, which is getting people to sign up for Prime, but also changing the narrative around Thursday Night Football or, you know, Prime and Thursday Night Football, teaching people that you can watch it on the streaming service, teaching people that the whole the difference between Prime is that you get to watch the games, but also you get free shipping and you get Prime music catalog, right? As opposed to Peacock, you just get to watch more shit. So uh, we, we go through that. And then we go through, like, a ton of content concepts. So we kind of laid out, like, eight different concepts. And it could be for our gaming channel, for our vlogs that we're going to do, man on the street, uh, food-related stuff, all that stuff. And just giving them, like, optionality. Yeah, just giving them optionality. And so the last part is just, like, distribution of, like, how we would see it being distributed and all our channels, their followings, expected view count, et cetera, et cetera. So they came back. And probably, like, the most positive, you know, when you send something, you're really excited about it. Like, it either, you don't get a response for, like, four Six weeks. Days, right. Yeah. <laughs> or, Apologies for the delay. Right. My accountant was out with food. <laughs> yeah, some or, or it's just, like, they almost, not that they're playing hard to get, but they send a response and you're just like, are they even really interested? Didn't match was, the energy. Yeah. yeah. And the response was, like, pretty solid. It was actually, like, our guy's out of office for the week. We'll get back to you next week, but really excited about this. Then he hits us today, which, you know, we got this email late Monday, maybe, or I forget when. And he was like, hey, will you send through the budget proposal? You love to hear that. You love to hear send the budget proposal from a company like Amazon. <laughs> That's for sure. So now, which side do you want to take <laughs> in this negotiation? So pretty much we're like, what? Do, what? Do, where do we go from here? I think you should take you, your side. Yeah. I'm the business guy over here. Okay. Fat guy in and then my question is, do you think it's a positive if Amazon, if those people watch this or should they not watch this? Uh, I think we should decide that after that. <laughs> how it goes. Yeah. How it goes. Okay. Um, right. Okay. So loved everything that you sent over. Appreciate the effort. Appreciate being thorough. I think we're on the same page here. Can you guys send over a budget proposal? Yeah. So, so the reason that we wanted to get on a call with you guys was because we kind of want to walk you through the package and there's kind of a formula we've created that depending on these different things that's where we would budget for this so for example rank your kpis if you said that uh just driving prime subs was the absolute number one and you wanted to hit a thousand prime subs through our unique link and code then that's going to be different than just changing the narrative around Thursday Night Football, something that's a little less measurable, but maybe something that's easier to, to do than just getting people to spend their hard-earned money. Another thing is, do you want all these content concepts, or did you just like a few of them? Obviously, the more content we're creating, the less that you know we have time to create other content. Another factor is, um, I had it written down, um, oh, exclusivity. So, we're cool with being exclusive to the prime schedule for this NFL season, but because Amazon has other things like a shop, like other content, if we wanted to work with fanatics on jerseys, but you guys also sell jerseys, do you want exclusivity in that category? Or is that another part of what we'll kind of be pushing in the partnership? So those are kind of where we wanted to start with those conversations. Now, this might be tough to mock negotiate. I don't know. Don't tell you. me. Don't tell me. <laughs> okay, you go ahead. I'm, I'm ready to go. Jeff, Jeff. Um, By the way, this is with Bezos. Okay. I'm, I've just been emailing. With I, just, I, I just bought a new $485 million yacht. <laughs> don't know if you saw the pics with my girlfriend. 
Don't because strapped for cash. because we're down bad and we're strapped for cash, we need to get the awareness out there. Now, I think um, being that we are new to thir- – are they new to Thursday Night Football? They did they ha- last year, but they- this is year two. Okay, so this is year two, and we want people to fully embrace the idea that we are the go-tos for Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Now, we do want prime signups, and that's going to have to be the case if they want to watch. But we want to really integrate the audience with the idea that these streaming services are going to be at the forefront of the services that show the games. So our priority right now is to educate – the audience at this point. Um, I think the lesser of our priority will be straight straight signups. I think, no offense to you guys, but we have, we're putting a ton of money and a ton of marketing dollars into making sure the signups get to where we need to be at scale through right. partners that are massive global, have crazy reaches. So we're, we're concerned about getting the audience, especially younger demo, familiarized with us being like the go-to for Thursday Night Football. So awareness would be our number one priority for you guys i'm not overly concerned about using campaigns to feature our other products i do want you to educate people on the other kpis but i don't think it's a huge um, selling point that they can get free shipping and stuff like that this is a very sports focused a very brand focused whatever Uh, in terms of your channels and stuff we want to utilize the channels that have the most reach and we want to get the most education out there to our core users and our core fans and the core sports fans, I guess. So um, priorities would definitely be just the awareness of your audience, understanding that we are the go-to for where football is going to be on Thursday night. Got it. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah. And one thing I forgot to mention was, you know, in this formula, the access and integration with the brand. So however much access, right, if you guys are willing to – put us on the Thursday of football stream, right? Or we get an alt cast or we, or you're just getting us tickets or a player interview, right? There's kind of a range of opportunities that you guys can offer that will take away some of the budget. Cause that is, is very valuable to us on top of that. Can we do a press release together? Can we really do, you know, do you have pretty much the say to go with like, all right, Snapback sports and Amazon prime are partnered on this, or is it more of not stealth, but like, all right, we're paying you to go and, and achieve these things? Uh, well, I guess also going back to exclusivity, yeah. don't give a fuck if you work with other Jersey partners and stuff like that. You ain't, you ain't pushing sales on our platforms like that. <laughs> I, I guess I'd have to understand how they see you guys as it relates to Thursday Night Football and stuff. Because yeah. I think they could take it to two directions, right? Like, I think they could be like, you can be the face of our creation as it relates to Thursday Night Football. And yeah. this is a campaign that's a season-long campaign. It could be a big thing. They could also just be like, all right, make your content, right. push people to it. Um, where, where, What direction do you see it going, Warren? So based off, it's interesting. I, I don't think we're going to get the Richard Sherman love. You know, he's on the broadcast. Right. But there's some sideline reporters that they do embrace. Uh, Taylor Brooks was, was kind of a creator or personality mm-hmm. That was part of the brand. She's definitely at a different scale than we are. Uh, Dude Perfect was fully part of, like, their press package. And then there were other people they worked with that were on a lesser level. So I guess that is why I don't – I if I had to guess which way it would go, we probably would not be in the bigger press kind of – but that's okay with me because then I can say, well, all right, we're investing a lot of time, energy, resources – and distribution into this so we need to be compensated for it so that's the thing it's like would would we rather take i don't know call it a hundred grand less to be an official partner of them which would be huge for the brand or do we just be like all right we want the money yeah so we can give you sideline access and we can give you a mic that has amazon prime on two of the sides and has snapback on the other two sides and we can get you a player interview each week Um, the team of your choice and that way you'll get access to it we won't go over the edge promoting those interviews that will be for you guys to promote on Mm -hmm. your platform yep but we will give you access to these players which you can chop up for social clips whatever say that we sent you there and we got you access to it so that's the way i would look at this partnership we want you to be a um, a creator there and do what you guys do best you know and use the sideline to um to interact and, and show what the game is like and make sure that people understand that we sent you there and yeah. that we are 
the go-to for this game. Everything. Access, watching, creators, how the game is broadcasted and Mm -hmm. televised, and just the flow of the game, the energy of the game. Um, Make it fun. Okay, noted. And then where do you want the content to live? Do you want us to create content for your platforms, or would... Is it just for our platforms? We are coming to you guys to educate your audience. Okay. You guys have the audience. We want to make sure that they understand who's sending you. We want to make sure they understand where to go for Thursday Night Football. We want you to under, We want them to understand how easy it is to watch and, and the benefits they get from watching it on Amazon. Yeah. That part, I think, that's probably more up in the air of their mindset being like, all right, these guys are almost like – working for us to a degree so instead of staffing a whole team they can capture content that we could use on our platforms um so that that i think could could swing do you are you going to be able to use it on both platforms we'll be able to get enough content that i think would be like we just did something with syria and it was like we did a Casey did a 30 minute interview with an italian soccer legend some of the questions were cut up for our platforms some were cut up for a collab between our platforms and theirs some were for theirs and the athlete so i, I think that's kind of, of a mixture yeah i think that's that's a negotiating point for the creator and the fact yeah. that like we invest a lot of time and energy and you know whatever into yeah. our content creation so if we're creating it for you it's almost like we're working two different jobs exactly. so that you know that that's absolutely a negotiating point for people out there that are you know doing content for specific brands. Like I, I don't really like making content exclusively for someone else. Right. Because that means I have to do, now I have to do it again just for it's our. It's finally, audience. I think it's finally being appreciated or compensated really is, yeah. is the better word. It is now a thing. And it's actually one of the, um, we've used this stuff before. Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. JT, JT Barnett, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, run, guy, he like talks about content. Yeah, he I think he runs an agency that like almost makes recommendations. So like let's say your creator has got fifty thousand or a hundred thousand TikTok followers. You can't you're not full time because mm-hmm. the brands aren't there. But he's like, go essentially work in house for another brand and create content for them where it would be more valuable. So um yes, I agree. It's like a split. I, I share the same sentiment. If we're creating content for you guys, then yeah, we need to be paid. Like we're essentially staffing a team. Exactly. That's, that's the one thing I think a lot of, especially younger creators are more inexperienced that haven't had deals like this. And obviously not at the Amazon scale, but just with any company yeah. is you have this, you get really excited. You're like, Oh, I'm going to be creating content for like this brand. Right. And it doesn't always really help your personal brand much. It helps them way more because they're filling their content slot yeah. and they're, you know, training someone to do. Well, uh, the biggest misconception in, in that stuff is like, Oh, they're going to tag me brother. They're going to tag you. Our <laughs> yeah. reach is there. Like you'll build a new audience. No, I'm telling you like the good and the bad, the bad outweighs the good. If your compensation is them telling you that they're going to help exactly. build you up and stuff like exactly. that. So you need to be compensated under, that. yeah, understand the compensation, understand that yeah. you're taking a lot of time, energy to make that stuff. And, it's, it just doesn't weigh that heavily when they're saying that they could help yeah. you out. Now, Amazon's another monster. If Amazon right. actually highlighted you guys, put you on the stream, or even like put you on their website or something, being yeah. like Jack's promoting, like Jack will be the face of this. this. And the funniest part is I still wouldn't gain following from that, but... Yeah. You get a lot of text messages from <laughs> friends and shit. Yeah. But brand would be massive. Yeah. So th- that is actually a part of the equation. Like, same thing, MSG Networks. Mm-hmm. When we announced the partnership with MSG Networks, from a brand perspective, the brand of me plus Snapback Sports and how other actual brands looked at us and actual important people in the yeah. kind of industry, that was key. I didn't gain a single follower from, from working <laughs> with them, which is yeah. fine. Um, no, but it is cool. It it's definitely solidifies like a a real concreteness to like who you are yeah. as a personal brand. Like when it you're makes like, I'm our fake with... business real. Exactly. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm out here <laughs> That's our to goals do. constantly. Um, no, there's, there's definitely a lot of value to that. Cause I, I mean, at this point with you, I don't, I don't really like bat an eye when you're like, Oh, we're about to work with like Amazon or MSG because yeah. you've done that a lot, but it solidifies like who you are as like an actual player yeah. in the space. And it no, opens I, up doors I, in other spots. I'll always say our, our best brand deal we've ever done was literally the worst brand deal we've ever done. It was with Gillette and it was $7,500 for six months, 15 posts across all platforms branded awful captions link in instagram captions like like stuff that was pretty much like add 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 you know no one would ever click it and uh but the campaign was jalen hurts cole Komet, tua and me 
and uh, <laughs> something doesn't belong right. there. <laughs> but and then you put it in one more of Alex's fancy decks with my face next to those, and, and it just takes you a long way. And that's how you build off of it. So that is why, depending on their level of integration, and it was the same thing we pitched to the Manning cast last year. It was like, hey, if you want Jack for thirty seconds to be like your on the ground reporter. We're not asking for any pay, even though, once again, it's creating content for yeah. them because just brand-wise. So, all right. Um, so, yeah, let, let, we'll take it back and say, like, the overall goal of this campaign is to raise awareness to your audience. Yes. And in doing that, we're going to make sure that you have access to players on the sideline each week to make cooler content around yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last thing was uh, I'd be – Remiss to mention, like, our other partners, right, if you don't care about exclusivity, um, we did about a quarter million among our ticketing and collectible um, partners last season, and that's not considering sports betting. Now, sports betting or, or real money gaming, our partners, Underdog, how do you want to massage that relationship? Because we've had a little talks about, like, would they even want sports betting content? I think in this scenario, it would probably be best if the answer was no. But if Amazon was like, hey, Jack, you're going to do one prop a week, and it's going to be a 30-second hit on the broadcast or something, like then that completely changes everything. If the odds are presented by DraftKings, then i got to beg Liz and Nick to be like, hey, this is really good for the brand, and it all comes back to underdog. So um, that is still kind of TBD, but I'm curious uh, where your head goes. Mm, sportsbook off the table. We team. already we have a we have a creator that's gambling focused that's already going to be on the sidelines. Perfect. They don't. They should. They really should though. We do because half the people we're talking to somebody. <laughs> it's you. Yeah. This guy at Nick. Half the people watching Thursday Night football are sports betting, which is the funniest. Well, part. they got the next gen stuff on Amazon, which is cool. Yeah. As hell. Yeah. Our audience was actually pretty pretty hopped up on that and wanted to talk fantasy and stuff like that. So, uh, all right. So all right, so I got a, an idea. You. You get on Amazon. Amazon lets you be a sidearm reporter. Yeah. And then I do to you what you did to Amazon. So you give me a minute clip within your five-minute clip on Amazon. Therefore, I'm on Amazon. I'm super confused, but I'm down. I'll, I'll send you over the contract. Yeah, send me the deck. I'll send you send the, deck the deck and the contract later. Um, all right. So now in the true negotiation, what I would do in this role play is be like, got it. All right. Let us put together some thoughts. We don't want to throw out the first number. It's fucking Amazon. Like, we want them to lead. The only thing that I would do personally, and we're going to... Why do you want them to lead? Because what we've seen in the past... Because they're... Yeah, because they're so... Sorry, go on. (laughs) Because what we've seen in the past is they're... uh, I don't know. Are they worth a trillion dollars yet? If not today, then after we work with them. Um (laughs) Seen, that should be the title of your the email that you send back then. We are going to be the reason you're worth, you're worth over a trillion. A trillion. <laughs> yeah. Raise them by 0.01%. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've seen, we know where, we know like at what point, depending on all, how these factors kind of fall, where we would price it. But this is also very new for us. And we've also seen after working with leagues and broadcasting, we don't have enough data and history. And I, I really do want to go to other people. And that's why I consult consulting with you live on this to, to like get, you know, standard like even and I want to talk McAfee deal later. But like McAfee's deal with FanDuel like that was pretty brand new. Maybe the people who were negotiating had a little bit of an understanding of like mm-hmm. what he was worth, but they're kind of creating it from scratch. So we're creating it from scratch a little bit. Plus, you just never want to throw the first number because their number could be way higher. And if their number's way lower, that's fine. Then we can work off of that and get to a place where we either have to walk away and do it ourselves or we're happy. Uh, but you never want to kind of sell yourself short. Yeah, I, I think... <clears throat> With a brand like that, you always want to let them throw out the first number because at this point where they're at, the scale that they're at, their their first number is going to be a very high number. You know what I mean? Like We think. It's going to be higher. It has to be because the baseline of the numbers that they usually would throw out to creators yeah. is probably higher than your stand. They're just used to working in big numbers. For sure. It, it, it's it's like it just the cost of living, like being in New York City, yeah. right? Like marks are $18 a piece yeah, now. Right. I go over to fucking Cleveland, and I could probably get a mark for $7 a piece. Right, right. But my mental is like, holy fuck, like what a deal. Yes. Even though the market rate should be like, you know, fucking nine dollars, eleven dollars, right. whatever. I'm so used to like if someone makes me a mark, I'm just gonna be like, here's yeah. 16 bucks. Yeah, Amazon's the New York City of 
Uh, honestly, they're New York City on steroids. Exactly, they're it. Yeah. So they'll they'll send over a number that you're probably that you'll probably be happy with to begin with. But also, anytime someone sends a number initially, that they're expecting a negotiation back. Right, right. That's like the bigger I yeah. think point here is if you send out the first number, those people can accept. And when they and you're always expecting negotiation, yeah. and the negotiation can only go one way if you right. send over the first number. They're not going <laughs> to right. They're not going to negotiate and be like, "We like your offer, but we actually want to pay you more." You know what I mean? Like that's the biggest that that's one of the biggest things. Like, yeah. you're in a negotiation. They're going to come back with a different offer. Yeah. They're not going to send a higher offer. Yeah. So anytime they send the offer, they're going to expect you to come back, and you could send a higher offer because they're not yeah. expecting a fucking lower one. Yeah. Okay. So at, with all this context in mind. What is the number? That oh, I'm no. still not third. I have no idea. I know. So give me the number. Okay. That um, That's kind of the point is like we do know a general range. Are you expecting, are they paying for everything? Like tickets, hotel, all that uh, stuff? That's the thing is with the number that we're getting to or where I think we should be getting to, I actually don't think it matters. Like it's it, ridiculous. It's not, it's not a rounding error, but it's like. If you if the if the number's right, I won't really fret about those added costs. We did it last year, and between tickets, flights, hotels, I mean, it's still yeah. I guess it it was what thirty it fifty grand. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So that, that I also was kind I, of I haven't seen like I I don't know what you sent over to them originally, like the yeah. reach numbers and all that kind of stuff. Hundred forty four million views last year. Okay. So every other person in America is going to see this. When I have two, how people. many people are there? There's only two eighty. I think there's like three. That's a fucking pitch. Three hundred million. One out of every two people. Obviously, it's not unique, but still, that's like a crazy thought. I think there's. Hold on. Yeah, I I think three hundred million. That's it. I think it's a little bit over three hundred million. That's it. Three hundred thirty-one. That's crazy. Like when you think about the NBA, half of them are in fucking in New York. Half yeah. of them are on my subway when I go home. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the F train. Yeah, fuckers. Um. Okay. Let me think about this for a sec. I want you to present the offer. We're willing to give you $1 for every person you reach. $144 million. <laughs> um, based on the numbers you sent over, based on what we think your reach is, based on what we think the overall impact is, and how important we think awareness is to our brand, we will give you a package of 250000 for the season. Okay. That includes access on the sideline to a player of your choice to interview that we already are contracted with. Okay. I'm going to talk internal with my team. I think that would be a good starting point. I'm curious, off the record, Mr. Amazon, do you think it's worth adding? Well, one thing that I want to do that I don't know if Alex will let me is just send the Peacock article, which is that that they're paying $110 million for one game uh, in the playoffs. (laughs) I, I'm they're probably aware of that already. But like if you're like here's our here's our right, if we had to throw a number and I was like, here's our number and oh by the way, this is what one NFL game is worth to a streaming service. You know what I mean? Like if you build awareness I don't think they're on I, I mean Amazon is so invested into this that I think they're probably aware of they're, it. They're they're in. Yeah. Um, don't teach them what they already know. <laughs> no, the other thing I was gonna ask was um oh, do you think it's worth noting like our resources that we're putting into it, like making them aware, or is it more like that's on us to figure out? And two, do you think it's worth noting that this schedule, is it just like, fuck it, it's sports, or like these people now got to work Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, that's that's well, kind I of think the, the angle count. you take with that is is to not lay that out so transactionally yeah, and approach that from a from an angle of passion. Right. Be like, we're so fucking excited about this. This yeah. is going to be our main focus for the season. Like, yeah. we're putting our whole business is going to be centered around this. Yeah. Like, we're taking Christmas off or tank Thanksgiving off because we want to make sure that the content for this is like yeah. no one's doing anything. Right, like right. It. So I think you do it less transactional and more from a, a place of passion because yeah. people that resonates with people and they're That's like, right. all right, if we invest our money into this person, he's not going to let us down. Not exactly. because he's like doing these things, but because I could just tell how much he wants this. Right, you know. Right. Um, so they'll, they'll already have that intrinsic feeling of like he's going to go above and beyond yeah. w- without having to like show me that he's going to go above and beyond. So I think that would be the way I would approach that. Yeah. Damn, dude. That, if that's what you're like thinking of as your starting number, that's pretty fucking cool. Like if you think if you think that's realistic, if you think that's what you're going to get as like a baseline, think about how nuts that is. What no, you did last crazy. year and now you're getting paid whatever five times the amount and a ton of like no, fucking profit. We're on getting top of paid it. the same amount. That's what I'm saying. We got 250 from our brand partners last year for football or for the tour. 
Oh, just for the tour? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you guys like broke even on that, to be honest. No, no, no. Okay. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm asking, like, do we include that? Like, is context mm-hmm. good in that? Like, do we include our underdog deal for even more context? I just don't know. I, don't I know the perfect answer. Well, what does Alex think about that? Well, so uh, <laughs> this is funny. This morning we got the email uh, super early, and I texted Casey and Alex, who will work on this more on the business side of it. I said, all right, we're meeting at, I think it's like 3.30. What time is it? Uh, we're meeting at 3.30 today to discuss it. I want everyone to come to the table with their own completely no collaboration with anyone else, how you would attack it. I love that. That's a really good idea. Because I think that, I, well, obviously, I think we'll all probably land around the same point. Like 250 as a starting point, depending on all those different factors, is that makes sense to me. From Is there a chance that they laugh in your face at that number? Um. I don't know. No, because we have gotten to a point where, like, I, I genuinely think that that would be somewhere in the range of a, a fair comp. If they were like, hey, we're going to make you the face of Thursday Night Football social, you know, then it's a different conversation. Yeah. But, no, that, that like, should be – that's the thing is someone's got to turn the corner and make that – that, to me, is, like, an obvious – like, we're going to do 17 weeks, create content out the ass, engage with, fa- like, do everything for you. Distrib- and, like, Al Michaels is going to get <laughs> 250K a game. Yeah. And he's, I'm not saying he's replaceable. He's one of the goats. I get that. But, like, we need to stop thinking of, and that's why I'm so proud of what Pat McAfee has done. And I'm also a little sad to see the move to ESPN. I'm not worried about the content changing. It will change. It's ESPN. It has to change. He'll do his best to not do that. Mm. But if there was anyone that felt like they could change the narrative on, like, we don't need the big guy, that was kind right? Because still, in this conversation, Amazon has a crazy amount of leverage. They're yeah. fucking Amazon. We're us, right? Mm-hmm. But McAfee, it felt like, could change the narrative at least a little bit. And he's going to get money that has changed the narrative, right? Like, to say, I'm worth this. But still going back to what I consider, like, daddy and being like, hey, yeah. you know, we want more reach. When I felt like... They, they like the Rogers thing, him, them breaking the news on that show was just one stepping stone to like, this is different. Yeah. Barstool, when they host a college bowl game, this is different, right? And so, yeah, there, you got to play across, you got to play on both sides because you can never do it with that. But I don't know. That, what did you think about McAfee going to ESPN? Um, I thought it was kind of obvious once he started talking about his family. Right. Like, as soon as he was like, this is a move for my life, I was just like, yeah, that's. That's awesome. He's given himself enough leverage as a creator sure. to do what he wants. Um, he's just too smart to have had the conversations behind the scenes and not wholeheartedly believe that his product is still going to be virtually the same thing yeah. over there at ESPN. You know, And he made a mockery in that announcement video. Yeah. He was like, we're kicking AJ Hawk off the show. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. We're doing the same. It, it will he knew change. he had it too. He knew he yeah. had to like face it yeah. from that angle. For yeah. sure. It'll change a little bit, but like... The only people that will actually care are like the losers who fucking love cancel culture. Right, it's the right. same people who have nothing going on in their lives that they think commenting about being yeah. like this is an L move is going to be like a validating there, thing. There's for them. there's obviously valid concerns. Yeah, there's valid concerns because when people really love something like they love that show, any change sure. is just not going to be welcomed. Now, it could be for the better. And do I think it was the right move for him? They haven't released the financials of it. That'll obviously be, like, you know, a huge part of it. But from a reach perspective, I know he got 250 concurrence, but come on, this is ESPN. As much as I like to shit and joke about ESPN, like, they're still ESPN. Like, you know, TV is is different. I don't know. For me, it feels like like nothing mattered outside of just, like, him understanding what he wanted in life and being right. like, I'm making this move to free right. up more time. And he took care of his boys. And maybe this was him cashing in, too. My 100% f- it was. My favorite bit. comment was, was I had, like, a couple friends and a couple just random fans being like, uh, L move, but I totally would have done the same exact thing. Like, well, that's what I mean. Because you look at uh, – I was listening to um, – who's the podcast you went on, Pompliano? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he did a, a podcast this morning basically about it, and I oh, listened nice. to it. And he – Went through the storyline of Pat McAfee's career. And he left the NFL at age 28. Went to go be a sports media person at Barstool. Mm -hmm. Every single comment. L move, L move, L move. Leaves Barstool. Does his own thing. 
L move, L move, L move. Signs with FanDuel. It's not going to be the same. L move, L move. It's like the amount of fucking losers out there. If we, no, kept, if no. we kept their track record <laughs> of if whether or not they've ever been right on saying something is an L, they would be fucking the they opposite would have of the most L's. Exactly. Right. And that's just, for me, this is De- just winners, defeated. winners Defeated's win. Sure. Yeah, but like defeated doesn't, anyone could be, you could be seven and one and be defeated. No, you're no, defeated. No. no, defeated means you're O and whatever. The, the Lions, is, went, if the Lions go the defeated, defeated is not the wow, opposite of that's undefeated. Cra- okay, carry on, carry on. Right? It is. You can be defeated, but if, if I said your record is defeated, what does that mean? You have no wins. That it sounds like you don't know proper grammar. No. If no. you were to say your record is defeated, I would be like, "What's their record? Oh, they're defeated. Oh, they're defeated." That sounds so dumb. That can't Are be you right. serious? The Lions—they went zero and sixteen. That's that's not how people fucking say that, though. Yes, it is. It's rarely talked about because no one really is talking about because it's not fucking no. Because English. how many people have been defeated? Like are are defeated in their career? What is the opposite of undefeated? Winless is probably a much better. No, uh, it's a much better statement. <laughs> Defeated is. Uh, wow, I can't believe you're holding on to that take. Okay, I've Anyways. like never actually heard someone s- seriously. When the say O that. and sixteen line, it, it was that they went defeated. Right, are we done with negotiation? <laughs> yeah, we're done. Um, we're done with the negotiation. Yeah, whatever. You're a moron. What was the, what was the conversation? Even I don't about? know. Just Pat okay. Man. Yeah, it was just like the the people in the comments are. Yes, Super dumb. Winless. Winners win. Winners yeah. win. He knows what the fuck he's doing. If he hasn't yeah. proven to you that he's smart enough to game the system and be a fucking beast yeah. by this point, then you're an idiot. What do you think, Fanduel? Like, what do you? How do you? That think? I don't know. I don't know anything about how he just like. You think there's people calling him like, "Hey, you got forty million in budget that just opened up." Hundred uh, percent. I saw a million tweets yesterday yeah. about like creators in the fantasy space, like, "Hey, you need a show or whatever." Right. I mean, they're gonna invest it into somebody. They'll they'll pull up a high profile person. Now, is it someone from media already, or is it someone from a creator? Yeah. I bet they look at what Pat McAfee did and say, like, let's try to run this back the best that we can. Yeah. How did he – he wasn't done with his deal. He just left midway. Yeah. He must have had a clause that he could get out of it. Wow. He walked away from $120 million. Well, you had to have made some of it already. No, it was four for 160, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And this was after year one. Or, like, something along those lines. Yeah, what I think with him so, is, like, so the money So do you think he walked matter. away from it, or you think he walked right into it and more? That's the biggest thing. Money-wise? Yeah. I think he absolutely took a pay cut. You think? It. Oh, yeah. Wow. Dude, he took a pay cut for freedom. Really? Same way he did it from the NFL going to Barstool. I don't think he got less money. I think he did. I think he got less money because he understands the reach. He understands that he's probably going to have to do a little bit less work. I Which think. is our whole Amazon conversation, right? He said, Correct. for reach, I will take less money. It will, But if you're saying this is him cashing in, then he wouldn't have taken less money. But if you're saying it's for freedom, then he would take less money. You know, less money equals I'm, I have no idea what the numbers are. Yeah. I wholeheartedly believe, like, the as soon as he came on and he was like, I'm thinking about making a change because I want to spend more, I'm like, it's over. Like, that's it. That's, mm. that's to me, that was like he's making this move and he's, He's going to take less money and fill it out in other areas of value where he can. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. Wow. I don't think he took less money. I don't know, dude. I think ESPN. No, you definitely could be right. Like, I, I could totally I think ESPN it. just offers value in other ways. They do. They do. Exactly. But are they going to ask him to do Monday Night Football? Like, I'm excited to see what else they kind of attach to the deal. And that might be where, so he is taking on a little more work. But maybe instead of traveling all the time... And for college game day, he's just in home studio doing an ESPN two stream for Monday Night Football. That's well, that's what I th- I think is going to happen, yeah. and I think that's less quality and less quantity. So it's like they're going to pay you less. No, but it's additional to his Pat McAfee show. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, are we going to like see these numbers, or we're we just hoping they leak at some point? Yeah, I don't know. I don't the they obviously made a concerted effort to not announce them, which yeah. I found quite interesting. Because they, Disney just had their upfront. Well, like I mean, one of the reasons they probably, yeah, did that was because they just like, I feel like they've been letting go of employees all year. So to be like, hey, we just let go of 10,000 employees. See, let's just know, hire this one guy for $50 million. Though. You know what's funny, though? I don't think that that's, that makes any sense. Like, I, I think if they truly think that the investment into McAfee for $50 million nets this, yeah. and those 10,000 employees net that, I, I actually would not be upset. I don't get no, upset. I, I would, I, but I'm I, just saying, like... I'm only upset if the company that fires me spends money in ways that I don't think are valuable and make sense. Yeah, but I'm sure, like, every former ESPN employee would be like, fuck that. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, that, that's, that's one right possible yeah, yeah, reason yeah, that they didn't no, announce it. Maybe the CEO was just like, I don't want to do that to my yeah, employees or something yeah, like that, you know? Yeah. 
Maybe not. I have no idea. Really exciting time, though. I was reading a little on on it, Disney Upfront, and they spent the first two and a half hours about sports. And, and within uh, the whole thing, they mentioned, this was a front office sports article, but like uh, the Today Show, which is in their network, Michael Strahan, um, they had another person talking about one of the Disney shows or Disney movies, and it was a former athlete. Oh, it was like Jesse Palmer talking about The Bachelor being on ABC, but he's a former quarterback. And I think this investment is huge for people in the sports industry because attention has been spread everywhere. But like, if there's anything valuable now, here's the other sports. Yeah, here's the other kind of thing that I think it does. Like Pat McAfee talked about this. He's like, you can think about ESPN. ESPN as I'm sure taking a look at what they've become over the last five, yeah. 10 years and realize we're not going to continue to be the powerhouse if we don't pivot towards the way the modern world works. Right. Pat McAfee signing to them is a door opening in which, you know, if Pat McAfee goes there and he's like, this was an amazing deal. Yeah. The next Pat McAfee, the next five Pat McAfee's Pat McAfee can go to them and be like, this is where you want to be. Yeah. And they could, before our eyes, they could change into a new type of media company. You know what I mean? And For this, sure. This is like the way Stephen that... Stephen A., I think there's an argument that Stephen A. could make more than $10 million a year outside of ESPN with his brand now. Yeah. It would take a while to build, but that exit could be $100 million company, or he just gets to be at ESPN for $10 million a year and rack it up. Yeah. And it's like, that's the I just feel like They're opening the door for a more, the yeah. possibility of a more edgy company, the yes. possibility of leaning more towards into like what consumers actually yeah. want to see. I'll close with this thought. Most intriguing response I got was I'm upset that he went to ESPN because I want ESPN. I want there to be more competition out there. And I think that this could create a lazy culture. That wasn't, you know, word for word. But the idea of, like, it is good that McAfee was outside of that ecosystem. And instead, you know, it's like... It promoted them to be like, we actually have to get better. Exactly. But instead, they were like, how do we get better? Gotcha. You know, like, got to catch them all. So that was an interesting interesting take for me. But I also, I I don't think it's a lazy take. I think it's them acknowledging the fact that they need to get to where Pat was because he was clearly the future of it. So I think... If anything, that signals to me that their mindset is shifting. Yes, but I think the point is, instead of changing their programming, which is guys in suits doing SportsCenter, shifting it to a more social-friendly, edgy show yeah. with their talent as opposed to just acquiring, it. when you're ESPN, you have the luxury. But I'm saying of, if they let Pat do that, then it opens the door for them to do right. that in the future. For sure, yeah. right. And this could be their foray. Exactly. Um, I think all things considered, it's obviously another great positive for the creator economy. Just racking up dubs. Yeah. Holistically, not us. Individually. It's, it's crazy. The leverage has shifted. Not fully. Like, I think this is... But, you know, you're like, isn't that crazy? The 250 number, if I'm even sitting here as a starting point, isn't it crazy that Pat could walk away from $40 million? And that is how much, how far we've come in just a few years. So... What a keep, world. Keep making those YouTube videos, <laughs> yeah. ladies and gents. We got a co- can't even get to Q&A. We just ripped for so long. Uh, there's a lot of good questions today, too. We'll get to them next week. Or maybe yeah. I'll do like a solo Q&A at some point this yeah. week. All right. Well, uh, as always, we didn't even tell people to share or join the Discord or whatever. Join the Discord. Share. Thumbs up. Fucking subscribe. Goodbye. I'm down 3-0 in the series to allergies. Oh. Sweeps on the way. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's been it's been bad this year. It's been terrible. I saw a, a TikTok uh, of a woman that was like, man, I've been in New York for 30 years, and whatever they're fucking pumping out into the allergies this year, go back to that old shit. <laughs> I was walking around today, and there was just hella pollen everywhere. It was like getting in my eyes. I, was I feel dying. like I'm dying. My chest is compressing. Like, oh, my God. All right, well, suck it up for one hour, and then you're out of here, time. and you can go to bed. Um, what do you got it too? Call with underdog. <laughs> Why do they waste their time? Where is the um, underdog neon that you requested as the main part of your deal with them? This is the only part. This <laughs> <laughs> is all of the marketing we do was just for that. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, you could probably tell me better than I could. No respect. I don't have one. Didn't me. you have one? Yeah, and then when we stopped working with them, they came and picked it up for me. Oh, right. Yeah, which was, we- it was weird. That's I remember petty. it was when I was in my, I mean, it's not really. They had like five of me. They were probably like $1,000 to make them. I understand. 
Um, <laughs> I, like I like that you're not buying that. That's crazy. I mean, it's just like. Um, I, I was living in my old apartment, and I remember I had it, and I was, like, moving out, and they were like, can we come pick it up? And I was like, yeah, someone's got to come. And I've never met the person who came before. It was like, it was like a, an old. At underdog? I think she was at underdog, yeah. might, maybe a friend of an employee or something like that. But it was like an older lady. She was good looking too. I was, I was excited. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was like, how do, do you work for underdog? Like, I don't know who you are or why you're here, but enjoy the sign. I'll take this back in a year. Yeah, seriously. Like, Abe, Abe broke up with his girlfriend and uh, she Venmo requested because she had just gotten him birthday presents. Same type of energy. That's insane. I mean, it was like 600 bucks. How much further? Uh, how long after the birthday? Uh, like a couple of weeks. Like it was, it was pretty, fr- it wasn't like his birthday's in February and, and they broke up in September. It was like two weeks later. He broke, was, up, he broke was, up with her. Yeah. But it was mutual. And it was also like, nah, fuck that. She's got to eat that L. No, of course. But it was more like a petty, like a fuck you, you know? Yeah. That's insane. Did he accept? That's why I'm laughing at the fact that they picked up the sign. Well, I think they wanted to give it. I'm pretty sure you got it. No, I didn't. I, I mean, I don't have a neon underdog. So uh, I also think it might have been broken, too. I don't think the lighting worked anymore. <laughs> I think they're like, we got a guy that'll fix it. I was like, no, you, no, you don't. But <laughs> you got a girl to pick it up, a guy to fix it. <laughs> just everything. bring it back in. You have six full-time employees just to do sign things. <laughs> Oh, how about you use it's one like of blimps. them to give me one? It's like blimps. There's seven of them in the world, but it needs 4,000 <laughs> people to work on that. What are um, we talking about this show? You're so annoying. Why, why, why? Because you don't do anything. No, I have. I have a couple <laughs> topics. 